Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? ready. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Booker has it at the top of the key against Trent Forrest defensively. Takes one dribble past him, then puts up a left-hand runner in the lane and knocked it down right on top of Trent Forrest. Comes Chris Paul into the forecourt, gets a screen from Sticks. Right elbow jumper up and in. Oh my gosh, Hassan Whiteside literally just ran up on a Suns player and blasted him with the game on the line. Got a technical foul and an offensive foul and just cost the Jazz any chance at all to win this game. Hands to Booker. Dominated the first quarter at 21. He now has 40. He works to his left hand. He swings through. He fires and fades and hits. And Hassan Whiteside just cost the Jazz any chance. Wow. A little critical towards my man, Hassan Whiteside. And justified. What a stupid thing to do. You watch the replay? Go play Sundays, buddy. Come on, man. No other way to say it. We ain't cheerleading now after that. The Jazz lose to the Phoenix Suns, 105-97. to Starters are out. Jazz lost. And Jazz played, and they've lost, and I got one thing to say. Donovan's out, and so is Rudy, too. Jazz. When will you play? I just made that up, man. I got you, baby. <laughs> no, I told you to have me. Sonny and Sure. Why is that appropriate? It's Groundhog Day. You's all seen the movie Groundhog Day? Doesn't that seem like the Jazz right now? They play. They're missing key guys. They lose. Oh, my gosh. I mean, they're playing competitive games, I guess. If you want to give them that, let's give them that. I've got no problem giving them that. They're 30 and 19 now. They are dropping like my 401k. Maybe they'll get some guys back, particularly the big two. And then we'll see what we got. All right. We'll hit some of that. This morning, they've got a road game tomorrow. Memphis Grizzlies, a team that's ahead of them. We'll see if calf strain Gobert and concussion protocol Mitchell. That's what's the problem, if those guys can overcome that and get back in the lineup. And I certainly don't think they're dogging it by any stretch. It's just the situation that the Jazz are having to face, and they're losing. What are you going to do, as they say? All right. 97.5, the zone. Hashtag NBA. 
Hornets dissecting the Pacers defense in the second half. And they will win by 32. 158 to 126. The final. The Hornets set a franchise scoring record. Coffee straight away. Screen to his left from Zubats. He drives down the left alley. Coffee whip it far side corner. Bledsoe with a pump fake in the three ball. That's good. Eric Bledsoe. Thomas got lost. He lost the basketball. Loose ball down to Najee. Outlet pass Rivers and another three. Got it again. Austin Rivers with the smooth 20 points and 17 minutes. Morant around an Adams screen now. Out to the top. Going to go off the bounce. Has Eubanks at the three-point line. Steps into a three as Eubanks backs away. Hits the front iron the window and goes. Ring it up. Luca right-hand dribble. Bounce pass. Dwight Powell. Wraparound pass. Right side. Dorian Finney-Smith. Jalen Brunson gives to Luca Inside the paint. The spin move. And he connects. Those are some of your highlights for the night in the NBA. We'll start with how it relates to the Jazz. Memphis is the team ahead of them, and Memphis stays ahead of them. Memphis picks up a game, actually, because they've got no problem beating the Grizzlies. 118, or the Spurs, I should say. The Grizzlies are 33-17. and 17. Jazz are 30-19. and 19. So, there you go. Draw, draw Morant, another 41 points, man. He's rocking a free world. Pirtle had a nice game for the Spurs, but they're reversed. They're 18-31, going nowhere. But at least we get to see somebody who knows how to change the world. I don't know if he can uh, get the team better, but he can fix all the world's problems, that's for sure, especially our countries. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks, who are right behind the Jazz, 28-21. and 21. They beat the Trailblazers. Everybody's beating the Trailblazers. Not as bad as the Spurs. Trailblazers are still 20-28. Uh, Brunson had 20 points. Uh, Doncic only had like 15. He had a quiet night. Uh, but the uh, Mavs playing some good ball. Porzingis led them in scoring. He had a nice game. Seems like he's been hurt for about three years. But there you go. The Nuggets. Now you got to give the Nuggets credit, man. All the injuries they've had. Still five games over 500. They beat the watered down Nets. Uh, Jokic. 26 points, 10 boards. It's what he does. Just a phenomenal player. Fun to watch, for sure. The Hornets. How about those guys, man? 158 points. They do not have a quarter in which they score less than 33. And in the third and fourth quarters, they go 42. And then in the fourth quarter, they go 45 points. Wow. 158, man. I think that's a franchise record is what I read for them. And they really didn't go off anybody individually. Well, I take that Brad, I take that back. Oubre, Kelly Oubre Jr. had the night of his life. 39 points coming off the bench. Now, he's been bouncing around a bunch of different teams. A 10 of 15 from three. Yeah, retire now, because I don't know that you're ever going to Terrence man that again. And Hayward's out. I think he's got a foot injury. They didn't need him, obviously. And our guy, Lamello, a ball. Nice player, man. You got to acknowledge it. We haven't heard much from LeVar lately, thank goodness. I drove by their community last weekend, Chino Hills. He had 29 points, 13 assists, and 10 boards. Four, five from three. Yeah, way to go. He's a player. They shot 53% 53% from three. They took 45 and made 24. 58% from the field. And that was the night of a lifetime for those guys as a collective unit. 
Now, how about this? If I would have told you after 49 games that the Cavaliers and the Jazz would have the same record and the Cavaliers would be ahead of the Bucks in the Eastern Conference standings, would you have, as they say up here, would you have bought in it? Would you have bought in it, Yach? I would have bought in it. How about Megs? Was Megs, would she have bought in it? <laughs> well, that's true. The Cavaliers and the Bucks square off last night, and the Cavaliers get them 115 to one to 99. Again, that, that's that's great to see. You know, when they got LeBron, they're on top of the world, but then he leaves them twice. And you'd think that, oh, man, they're going to really struggle. Well, they're not really struggling. They got a young nucleus, and they're playing well. Good for them. And when they came in here, Donovan Mitchell singled out Garland, right? Said he should make the All-Star team. Didn't he say that? Yeah. There you go. I mean, Mitchell follows the game, obviously. He knows what he's talking about when it comes to that. And uh, Garland playing well. 19-8 and eight for the Cavs. Kevin Love seemed like uh, he was either going to be traded or be hurt or maybe just retire, go out to Oregon and do what they do over there where he's from. No, he had 25 points, nine boards. Good for the elder statesman on that team. It's fun to see some new teams and other guys that maybe you count out in the small market or smaller markets anyway and see their thing. And Takumbo played in that game. He had 26 and nine. But good on the Cleveland Cavaliers. I like to see it. All right, that's your NBA right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Hashtag college basketball. Bearstow back to Ashworth. Swings it cross court to Bean. Bean straight away three. Yes, sir! Justin Bean! Screen from Dorius. Back to Ashworth for three. Yes! It's rain of threes. Hallelujah! Bean for three. Get in there. No good. Couldn't get it to go. Butler with the rebound. But it skipped out of his hands. The deflection and the steal. Utah State. Idle Rock with the ball. Aggies so great defensively. Down low. Throw down. Dunk. Bearstow all by himself. Aggies up by 13. 68-55. Justin Bean, the distributor. Might have broken the back of the Aztecs. Is that like Chance the Rapper? Justin Bean, the distributor? I like it. Three and threes, hallelujah. Scotty's having some fun. Wow, it was a great night at the Spectrum. You know, the Ags had come into this game on a four-game losing streak, right? And they just look like uh, at one and five in the conference. I mean, they're obviously not going to win it. Maybe they can get hot in Vegas. But, you know, how bad was it going to get? The San Diego State's on the other end. They were three and one in the conference. Eleven and four. Uh, you know, a pretty good team. They usually have a pretty good team. But no, man, they got beat. I'm impressed. Flicking back and forth in that game. And the Aggies, they, they, they built that 13-point lead, and then the, the Aztecs came back, and then the Aggies win going away, 75-57. to 57. Justin Bean Bryant didn't have a great shooting night, but he still had a double-double, as he usually does, 13 points, 13 boards. My contention that he's the best player in the state. I stand by it. And little Ashworth, he's a Utah County kid, isn't he? Did he go to Timview? Lone Peak. Lone Peak. Yeah. Lone Peak. One of the one of the rare Lone Peak that have not gone to BYU. Ashworth. Now he's a bro, right? He went on a mission and all that yeah. stuff. Yep. 
Yeah, he's a smaller dude. Five of ten. That's 17 points. Five assists. Plays 37 minutes. Uh, Jones was out. I think he's in concussion protocol. So that opened up some more time. And Ashworth play, playing well. And I look at the prep standings. What about old Lone Peak? They're like 0-4 in their region. What happened? I thought they were a dynasty. How the mighty have fallen. Oh, it's so good to see, isn't it? No, just, just teasing. Relax. <laughs> we call them Lone Peak Tech. What were you calling them? BYU Alpine, that's what it was, right? <laughs> yeah, when they had everybody going yeah, and they BYU were going to go to, yep. they were going to go to multiple Sweet 16s and they went to Zipola. Not one, not two. <laughs> oh, nice. You're going LeBron the other way. Ah, well, you got all caught up in that. Speaking of that, the uh, Utes, they go down in defeat. Played at Washington State. They got blown out, basically. Nine straight. Now. Yeah. What are they, one in ten in league? What the heck they beat? I can't even remember. Was it Cal? Was it? I don't remember. I'd have to look that up. And with Nerd Boy here, I uh, lose my guy who just looks up random stuff to entertain himself. So I don't know. But they fall again. Uh, I tried to watch some of that game, but it got away. Uh, didn't really work for me. I mean, they're, they're, they're in a reload. Re, they're, they're in a bigger rebuild than I thought. I mean, did not have much expectation for them this year. And Smith was juggling his lineup. Carlson came back. I did see that. And some guys who'd been getting more time, Batten and, and Jenkins. It was Cal. They, they beat Cal. Good for Good for them. Maybe they get... I still think they can get a couple more wins. But most likely their season will end in about uh, six weeks on that Wednesday in Vegas. And then Craig Smith will go to work and try to rebuild this team as quicker quicker than maybe he thought he needed. Because when he went into this season, he was talking about how he had success at, at North Dakota, was it? Or was it South Dakota? South Dakota. And then some other place he'd been before that. Never heard of it. And at Utah State, you know, they were surprised that first year. And I get what he was trying to do, put a spin on it, but it didn't work. They're not going to do that this season. Tonight, we got the Weber State Wildcats in a big sky game against Northern Colorado. It's at 6 p.m. You can watch that on ESPN+. Plus. I don't have ESPN+, Plus, but I know Yach does. So if you want to go over to his house, he'd be more than happy to Come have on by. Just... Uh, Direct message me or uh, email me, and I'll give you his address, and he'll be waiting for you for sure. I'll get the hors d'oeuvres ready. Yeah, that's a tough word to spell. I'll tell you right now. That is. Now, this is an important game as far as the regular season because you got Weber State sitting there at 7-1 and and Northern Colorado sitting there at 5-1. and So, obviously, that's the first and second place team because then you got both Montana's and SUU all three of those teams have two losses. So, that'll be an interesting game. Now, the, the Cats, they're 14-5. Uh, the Bears of Northern Colorado, they're only 10-8. and eight, But that doesn't matter. It's, it's far, as far as the big sky and who can win the regular season. The Cougs play, of course. They play Santa Clara. Santa Clara is one of these classic, as I see it, West Coast Conference teams to where... Hey, that wouldn't be so bad to go to school in Santa Clara. I've been up there many times to their campus. It's nice. It's beautiful. It's right below Stanford. 
It's BYU's first trip yeah. there since 2018. Too. Yeah, because they've uh, Mark Few complained, so they're not playing everybody in the conference every single year in a home and away like they had traditionally done. So, uh, but they don't really ever have uh, a team that you care about. I mean, they're two and two in the league, 12 and seven overall. So they're not bad. But the Cougars got a chance to go 18 and four. And I don't know, what can you say? Keep pace with Gonzaga? I don't think they're going to beat Gonzaga. They got Zin, Zin, like Gonzaga in what, uh, nine days? Yeah, a week from Saturday. At uh, Marriott Center. I'm sure that place will be rocking. And would like to see the Cougs uh, find a way to win their games uh, until then, which I think they will. They're playing good ball, good enough ball anyway. UVU versus Chicago State. Now, that BYU game in Santa Clara is 9 o'clock. Man, so dang late if you got to get up early. On ESPNU and UVU going to Chicago State, 6 p.m. All right, that's your college hoop right here with DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Obviously a really good team if you want to do the things that we want to do. That's a team that you're going to have to beat every single year. You know, the AFC has run through them for, for four straight years. So, you know, we're excited about the opportunity. Like if they're like, you know, you got to decide right now, right yeah. the second if you're playing next year. I, I would say no right now. It's two days after the season. I'd be like, no, I'm not playing. Like way too soon. But like you got to give it some time. You got to rest. I would say to see how everything goes, you know, how everything plays out. Well, we'll start with the latter. That's uh, Gronkola talking about what he wants to do. Gronkola? Yeah. All right. (laughs) Is he going to play? Is he going to retire? Saying if it's right now, he's talking about retiring. He's already retired once, I guess, right? He did. Set out for an entire season. Yeah. And that was uh, two seasons ago. And then he came back last year and obviously won the Super Bowl. Uh, See where he's at. Seems like uh, he enjoys playing, but I, I wonder how much of his future is tied into Brady's. It is. No, there's absolutely no doubt. Because then what do they do at quarterback? I have no idea what they would do at quarterback if Tom Brady does not come back. And Brady, it did seem like in his comments, were the strongest we've seen as far as being aligned with retirement. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to retire, but it seemed like before all those years and he's been playing so long now obviously that as he got older it was telling you how much he wanted to play beyond what we thought possible you know 41 42 43 so forth now at 44 and maybe it was in the it was the next day but still the loss lingers and that was a tough loss for them i mean we thought that, that we thought that that was overtime right and we thought that the uh, Bills were going to win, neither of which happened. The other team coming back with the game-winning field goal and then the uh, KC with the game-tying field goal and winning in overtime. And that's Joe Burrow talking about facing the Chiefs. You know, Joe Burrow, we'll have Lincoln Kennedy on in about 10 minutes get uh, his thoughts, NFL dude, all the way for sure. You know, Burrow, there's two words that I look at him as I describe him right now. Well, I'll run this by Lincoln. He's hot and he's cocky. And that's a dangerous combo. I mean, my senior year on the weekends at ASU, I was hot and I was cocky. Now, the only reason I was hot is because it's 107 degrees, obviously, right? I mean, that's why I was hot. But you were pre-med on Friday <laughs> nights, as we're all aware. 
Yeah, and that sometimes, you know, depending on my success, that would linger into early Sunday morning. So, uh, so you know, we can see on that. But Burrow is hot, and he is cocky. And Gronk's only 32 years old, man. It doesn't seem like he's just older than that. Seems like it. He's taken a lot of hits, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a... Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, he's got enough money. So, what do we got here? Todd McShay. Oh, I read this yesterday. Yeah. Pat Mahomes changing the way Todd McShay scouts for quarterbacks in the draft. Yes, Mahomes has poor pocket discipline. The PPD. He still drifts, weaves, and bails out. I I mean, that does sound like me on Friday night at Arizona State. I drifted, I weaved, and I bailed out many times. Let me tell you. I'm out. Later it got in the evening. The more I was drifting, the more I was weaving, the more I was bailing out. You get to like 3, 4 in the morning, boom, I totally bailed out. That's for sure. And yet he still at times throws off balance, leaning away and from different arm slots. He does do that. I love the arm slot stuff because that means you're making something out of nothing almost, you know, so to speak. He can do so many amazing things while facing irregular situations with his body contorted. I've tweaked the way I scout QBs in the years since, looking at the final result of the throw a little bit more than I had in the past. Footwork, pocket presence, and the tidy throwing motion all matter a great deal, but a quarterback's ability to find success even when the process isn't right is extremely important. That is so true. And I can, I've can i spoken to college guys who in town who are responsible for coaching quarterbacks and scouting quarterbacks. And I've, I've told them, I've asked them, how do you know? Because you go in these high school situations now, and a lot of these kids have all-star teammates. So they basically have all-star players and teams where you get guys that, you know, you get seven, eight, ten guys that are all difference makers, not in the boundary, and they're coming from other places. And then we had Riley Jensen on the other day talking about, well, yeah, John Beck, when he's working with Zach Wilson, Jaron Hall, he's not working with them in real football situations. You know, he's working with them on a seven-on-seven or individually, whatever it might be. It's not totally pure football. So how in the world do you judge them? And Ludwig's talking about how it's important to see them in person. You must do that. Um... Aaron Roderick, too, because it seems like it's tricky. Like, if we knew then what we know of Zach Wilson, I mean, he would have been offered by everybody. You know what I mean? Who wouldn't have offered him? And the Wilson thing, kind of talking about what Mahomes does, well, Zach probably got a bump in some ways due to what he can do with his arm slot and the ability to kind of throw off kilter they're talking about. Right. Analyzing and scouting quarterbacks, man, it is so tough. So I can appreciate what McShay is talking about relative to Holmes. And then we got a, a breaking stories this morning. I saw that when I got up. Green Bay Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett looking to be the new head coach at the Den- with the Denver Broncos. The first time as a head coach. Fourth different coach for them since the start of the 2016 season. Now I wonder, you know, he's the OC, and there's a quarterback there who tends to have drama. And what does that mean? And the Broncos have been searching for a quarterback forever. And supposedly him and Aaron Rodgers are very, very close. They're boys, if you will. Like me and Megan, we're boys. She's going to be producing the show next week. Yacht takes his three-week vacation. Jeez. 
You're going to ride every ride at Disney World 15 times? Sabbatical, yes. Sabbatical. Holy freak. There you go. All right. Where's the thing here? I don't see it, man. It's not on here. Am I missing it? Did you did you, you hang me out to dry? Shamrock Plumbing is not here. I do not see it on my list. Oh, brother. It's going to be that kind of morning, buddy? Or am I missing it? No, you're not missing it. Uh, some other people use some of our documents and apparently have decided that certain things don't need to exist. Oh, well, we'll then fire them. Because if it's not set up for me the way I want it. The West Training is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. They just do a great job. So get with Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. There you go. 801-295-1690. Mm-hmm. Shamrock Plumbing. All right, I already told you. Coming up here at the bottom of the hour, our NFL expert, Lincoln Kennedy. And then it's Thursday. Joe Ingles is supposed to join us. He'll let us know when he gets up with the kids. And then we got two pair of jazz ticks for the Nuggets next week. Stay with us. 97.5, 1280 The Zone. This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson. The rules in any sport are not perfect, but I love it when teams go right to let's blame the rules and forget about the rest of the darn game. Remember that uh, what was a perceived pass interference call with the Saints game that yeah. they wouldn't right. shut up about for two years? Right. We get focused on, oh, the rules are bad. No, they're not. You're bad. Yeah, correct. Again, You're some, bad. Of, some of these things can be fixed by just making the stop. For, for people today to be like, change the overtime yeah. rules, you're ignoring bad decisions. You're ignoring bad play. Look at them letting Kansas City score with 13 seconds left to go. Uh, them throwing it to Travis Kelsey. Of course they're going to throw it to Travis Kelsey. Correct. You're not guarding that guy? Yes. Here, Jake Scott and Ben Anderson. Every day from 10 to noon. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. I want to tell you about Homie. Finally, the way real estate should be. Full service, local agents, and you will save thousands of dollars. Homie, a better way to buy or sell. All right, here's Thursday. So we were what? uh, Friday, Saturday, three days away from the NFL. And we've got the title games in each conference. As far as we go, we've got Cincinnati at Kansas City first at 1 o'clock, followed by San Francisco and the Rams at 4.30. Looking forward to that. Joining us now is our NFL expert, Lincoln Kennedy. Lincoln, you only got PK today. DJ's off, so it's your lucky day. Expert, man. Wow, that's that's high praise. I appreciate it, buddy. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. Compared to me, you are an expert. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> appreciate the compliment. Before we look ahead... How about looking back? You know, the NFL, uh, it seems like the time of uh, the controversy of the kneeling and all that stuff and all that hubbub, it seems like it was 10 years ago now. And I love that we're at this situation because I don't like to mix all that stuff. I view sports as entertainment. And wow, last weekend, I don't know that you'll ever have a better weekend for the NFL because, and and I've been in this business a long time, and I'm sure you've been run across guys like myself who've been in this business. You tend to lose the individual fandom, but you get excited for great competition. And we had that in spades. The games were tremendous. Just the entertainment value. That's the reason why I'm an NFL fan NFL fan based on Saturday and Sunday last week. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I mean, they were some of them were, you know, exciting games and, and, and because they were competitive down to the finish, 
Um, I don't think you could really ask for anything better when you had three of the visiting teams, I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, the win the, 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 their games and off of a kick. Um, I'm not too high on kickers, as you already know, but yeah. uh, you, you had three of, the, three of the games come down to the wire and then the visiting teams won on a kick. And then, you know, Kansas City and Buffalo, for what it was worth, it came down to it. It was an exciting game to the very end, went in overtime. And, and you're right. You're absolutely right. It was, it's, it's all you can ask for in a sporting competition, an entertainment, if you will, um, that, uh, that, that comes from, you know, watching football at least. Now, you've been around playing at a hot, the highest levels in college and uh, pro, so I'm sure you suffered devastating losses. It's just the nature of the game. There's going to be so sure. highs and lows. And if you're Buffalo or yeah, maybe even t- Tampa, at least, has got a Super Bowl to their credit, but particularly Buffalo, uh, how long does that stick with you? season until you start playing next year. <laughs> it leaves a foul taste in your mouth. It really does. The thing is, is that if you're, if you're a team like that, you have to, you go into the offseason, coaching staff and everybody else saying that if we expect to be the next level, if we expect to challenge for a Super Bowl, we have to beat that team right there. You compare your standards to beating that team right there. I think Buffalo did it last year when they met in the AFC Championship game, when they they were like, "Well, we, we we've got to get we've got to get more pressure on Patrick Mahomes. We've got to find a way to to conform our defense to be able to slow them down." And still with no luck to to no avail. Um, but this it, it, it's fixing your crawl because that's the standard. If you're in the AFC, you have to consider Kansas City. It doesn't matter who you are. And, and and that's your standard if you want to get to the NFL. I mean, it, it, to the Super Bowl, you have to. If you want to be a champion, you have to consider Kansas City as a team to beat. So you have to figure out a way to beat Kansas City. You have to study them. That's that's who they're not even the same division, but they are in the same conference. So that's the standard you have to hold. So if Buffalo is to repeat or is able to take that next step, they have to find a way to beat Kansas City. And just like everybody else in the AFC. You know, I didn't think Kansas City was going to be here. I thought they were going to have a little bit of Super Bowl hangover, but they made some great gains with their offensive line, um, as well as their, their defense. You know, uh, uh, the addition of Melvin Ingram for a six—I think a six-round pick—I think they gave up to get him—is transformed the defense. Yeah, it really changed their defense, and so they—you know—they made great strides to be back in their potent offense. They always have been, but. You know the defense is now able to get stops and get off the field. Uh, that's that's been Kansas City's transition, and, and that's why they're still in the talk about being the you know a, a possible another Super Bowl champion. Lincoln Kennedy, join us, our NFL expert, College Football Hall of Famer, Raider analyst. As far as Matthew Stafford, you know I always thought he had the talent, and I'm wondering as he proven to this point that it was more about the talent around him or lack of talent around him when he was with the Lions failing all those years and now he's got good talent or do you see something different that maybe he's better this year than he ever has been? I I, I think it's the the, the contributing talent around him when I look at Matthew Stafford. Look, I I went out and placed a bet for Matthew Stafford to make the NFC Championship game the moment they, that he was traded to the to the Rams because I thought that's what the Rams needed and that's what Matthew Stafford needed. Um, he's one of those quarterbacks that has a a you know he's probably on the verge of being in a discussion for Hall of Fame. 
Um, but he's that talented of a quarterback that I thought that, I thought that came out. Uh, and, and he's got the, the, you know, the, the other contributors around him um, for him to, to go over the top. The Rams are a better team with them. They were a quarterback away. They made the change uh, from Jared Goff to Matthew Stafford, and I think they are a championship-caliber team. <laughs> it's, it's unfortunate because um, I don't see them getting past this weekend because the, the, the 49ers have had their, their number. And, you you and see look, the 49ers played, winning? Well, I, I see the 49ers winning. And wow. Mainly because I've, I've been in situations like this where a team, you know, an opposing team, especially in your division, for whatever it's worth, has your number. It, it, they, they, they just know how to beat you. You look at, I think it's the last six times, I think yeah. it is. Um, you look at this team, that, and the 49ers find a way to win. Yeah, the 49ers are no slouch. It's not to slap a you know throw a thing, you know any any caution to win. They're they're no slouch. They're a good football team, and people will sit there and say, well, the Rams are that better. The 49ers have had their number. So it's one of those situations where you're going up against a nemesis that knows how to beat you. Um, so I don't know if you're, you're coming down the winning end. I mean, and for what it's worth right now, the way I'm looking at it, bro, is it's, it's, I think it's 49ers and, and Kansas City in another, in another Super Bowl championship. All right, then I'll ask you, Lincoln, will the 49ers offense at least score a touchdown in this game? Yeah, they'll score a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm it. stunned that they won that game without scoring an offensive touchdown last week. Right. Yeah, that's tr- true story. True story. But, you know, I, I think I think they will find a way to uh, – I mean, they'll be able to put some points up. Yeah, they're going to have to, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, they think it's not like they're devoid of skill offensively. Uh, it's just, I, I just – it seems like Jimmy G – I don't know how to explain it, but <laughs> when when he makes a bad pass and the defender's got a pick six, but his head is turned or something happens, <laughs> it seems like he's well, like he's a cat with nine lives or something, yeah. and he still manages to come out even though that he's flirting with potential disaster. Yeah, Jimmy G's not the one who's going to put them over top. It's it's everything else that contributes to the reason why the 49ers are going to beat the Rams. Okay, uh, and then you already mentioned uh, KC. Uh, the the thing that uh, I like about and I'm I'm an offensive guy. I love I love gunslingers. You know I like Brett Favre and these guys who just take chances because I don't have any investment in whether the they lose, win, or I just want to be entertained. So right. I don't have a team. But right now, I mean I love Burl. I mean I I think everybody does. I I was talking earlier. I look at him. Two words come to mind: hot and cocky. Because it seems like he's got both of them. And if I'm Casey's defense, I'm, I'm very much concerned about him. As you should be. But here's the thing, and I told my son this last week when we were watching the, the Kansas City Buffalo game. You know, he, he came to me, he was, he was jumping up and down because he was like, Buffalo's going to win. Buffalo's going to win. And I'm like, there's 13 seconds left, and you've got Patrick Mahomes. Now, if you understand the game the way I look at it, that's an eternity. You know, there there was there was certain there were so many scenarios that were going through my head. I was like, you don't kick this through the end zone, you squib kick it. You try to run off some clock. Thirteen seconds, and all you need is a field goal to send in overtime. Yeah. And they've got one of the better kickers in the National Football League. I said that's way too much time. And he's like, no, no, thirteen seconds with and timeouts. It, exactly, thirteen seconds and timeouts. That's an eternity if you if you have an experienced quarterback. And what did Buffalo do? They they forgot to cover. You know, Travis Kelsey. Who? 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on, on the inside, more importantly, they, they, they wanted to play a wide zone. They were protecting the sidelines rather than protecting the middle of the field. So, so in, in my estimation, situational football has been grossly overlooked for quite some time. They don't teach it the way they used to. And, and you don't practice it. You don't experience it. You, 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 poss- you, you can't understandably go through a game and say that let me, leave, let me leave one of the more potent tight ends wide open in the middle of the field with timeouts. Yeah. You, you, just, you, you just don't have it. So starting on the 25, they, they, just, they, they picked apart you know, the Buffalo Bills defense with 13 seconds left and made it seem like it was they – got, they got even beyond – field goal range. They got well into field goal oh, yeah. range right, in order right, to right. kick it. Gotcha. So, you know, that's, that's, that's understandably that, that, something that you, you just don't do. But my point is this, is that when you talk about an offense of Kansas City, I don't know how you don't prevent them from getting the football in the end. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it's almost like arena football. It's almost like the, the, the offense that has the ball last is going to win. And, and and there's nothing you can do about it, no matter how good you think your defense is. And it's not it's not about what Cincinnati did to Kansas City a few weeks ago. It's it's right, it's different right, now. Right. You know, I think that both offenses can go up and down and score on each other's defense. It's when it goes down and who has the, the ball last wins. Coaching matters in, in you know I've heard some the squib kick thing was it came up immediately you know should they have squib kicked it run off some more time uh, should they have uh, holding is what a five yard penalty so just yeah. tackle guys off the line of scrimmage uh, okay you know but that's you can't ex- end the game on a defense penalty right and that's extreme <laughs> but the idea the thing that you said really hits home the guarding of the sidelines. When the other team has its complement of timeouts, who cares about the sidelines? They've got the timeouts. There's only 13 seconds to go. It's not like they're going to run 10 plays or run out of timeouts. Right. And it made no sense to me. Situational football has been grossly overlooked. And it's it's to the degree where even coaches, young coaches, don't understand how to manage timeouts and how to manage the game in the end because they, they, they thought there were other things that were, that were more important. Yeah, but these guys are professionals, Lincoln, man, and you got a full <laughs> staff full of them. I, I don't understand that one. What a blunder. Yeah. I'm wondering how much, particularly on the offensive side, how irritated the offensive side, the offensive players are with that, that very decision with the timeouts and the sideline stuff. Because it basically cost you. Who knows? It could have cost you the Super Bowl. Well, think about this way. If you're an offensive player, you did your job. Right. I mean, we, we, we saw, what was it? Was it 26 or 27 points in the last two minutes? Yeah. You did you your know, job like twice, that. not I mean, just you, once. It, yeah, exactly. You, <laughs> I mean, you, you can't. If you're an offensive player, offensive lineman, quarterback, anything else, you go out there and you have a wide receiver who shakes a defensive back to where he falls and he's wide open for a touchdown. Yeah. You can't ask for anything better. No. I mean, you, you really can't. You, you can't. That was fourth down, wasn't it, too? I think so. I mean, yeah. But I'm, just, I'm talking about the situations for an offense. Your job is to score. 
And then you look at the other side, and people always want to argue about the, the overtime rules and stuff like that. Look, defenses get paid too. They're supposed to be out there to do a job. You know, the, the fact is, is that they're, you, you know, there once upon a time, I remember coaches when I played practice situations. They would set up situations. Okay, what do we do if we have a minute left? And there's, you know, they've got three timeouts. What do we do? That type of thing. And you're practicing out there. I don't think they do that anymore. I don't think coaches study that anymore. And I think that's a viable part of the game that's been grossly overlooked. And from going forward, it's something that you need to consider because yeah. it's something that comes into view. Whether you realize it or not, it happens. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I can't argue with you on that. Uh, Lincoln Kennedy joined as Raider analyst. Now, I've heard, and you probably heard too, uh, Jim Harbaugh, that the Raiders yeah. might be interested. Uh, what can you tell us? I'm not a Harbaugh fan. I never have been. Um, I think he's, I, I think he's arrogant. I think he's one of these guys that has to be a control freak. Um, but I do know that, for for what it's worth, the Raiders' job is a very enticing job. You think about it. You've got a young team. You've got a quarterback. You've got salary cap space. You know, you've got everything that you want if you want to come into a professional situation. Um, an exciting new stadium and everything else. Yeah. Um, to 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 try to you know you can you can build on, uh, and you got a you got an owner who really doesn't want to micromanage. It's not like when Al was alive and may you rest in peace, but Al was a micromanager. He he controlled the coaches that came under the building because he was a football guy. Mark Davis is not the same. So you have an ideal situation um, if you want to look at as far as, as, as the, the job openings out there. Um, but I'm not a big Harbaugh fan, and so from what I've heard, I heard that he's you know he's definitely on a list. Um, there might be some guys like Ed Dodd who worked with them. They worked together when they were at the Raiders. When, when actually, when I played, um, they were all together at the Raiders. That that might be on the, the, the short list. But you know what I appreciate from Mark Davis and the, the powers that be, the circle that's around him, is that they are doing their due diligence and they're 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 taking their time to find the guy who's right. Because um, in talking to Mark this past year, they're close. The Raiders are close. They're, they're, and, they, and they need to get it right with when it comes to general manager and head coach because they're on the verge of something special. Now, you already know what you have to compete with in the division alone. Uh, the Chargers uh, and the, 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 the Chiefs, the Broncos are a quarterback away of being competitive, but you already know what you have to be uh, to compete with championship. But they're close, and, and they have to. So it's, it's, an, it's special that they get it right, and I'm glad that they're taking the time to find their way. It seems like with the Harbaugh thing, they're trying to go for sizzle. I'm not a big sizzle guy. Give me a yeah. football coach. Belichick wasn't a sizzle guy, and you know he's kind of grumpy in interviews and all that stuff. But it's <laughs> it's about winning. So I don't really care about sizzle. I care about guys who know what they're doing. Well, you know, here's the thing: the track record for where he was prior to his Michigan days, and look. Uh, there have been plenty of people who have argued with his overall record, let alone what against, you know, he hasn't been able to do against uh, Ohio State to this past year, um, his overall record. But, you know, when you talk about the 40 yarders, you talk about what he did at Stanford and everything else, that track record has basically proven itself. But I, I still think he's a control freak, and um, he's changed since he was the quarterback's coach when I played uh, with the team and trying to talk to him a couple times and, and my, my various standpoint, he's different. And, and so I don't know if you necessarily hold that against him. I don't mind him having a seat at the table when it comes to personnel decisions. 
But I, the last person, I, the last thing I want is a dictatorship. Dictatorship. Yeah. If that makes sense. Right, and right. and I didn't like it when Gruden wore so many hats. Um, uh, and I, I definitely don't want it to be anyone else. Lincoln, thanks for your time this morning. Really appreciate it. Oh, it's always a pleasure, man. You take care. I'll talk to you soon next week. Okay, that's Lincoln Kennedy. Former Washington Husky College Football Hall of Fame, man. One of the greats, obviously. And longtime NFL player and now Raider analyst joining us as he does each week. We appreciate him talking about that. Raiders are close. That's good to know, man, since we carry the games on their on our station. I've been following them a little way, way more close. Not even close to what I used to. But that, they're, to me, I got to watch them. I feel like they're, they're sort of our team in a sense. I know it's not complete, but uh, we'll see what they can do. All right, we got some jazz. We got to get to. Uh, we got the the man's going to join his man in just about ten minutes, right, Yaki? Oh man, hallelujah, as he would say. Cut that up. I want to have him here. Hallelujah, Scott Gerard. Stay with us. 97.5, 1280 The zone. This. Is Hanson Scotty? Let's do it. NBA Jazz legend Thurl Bailey is a guy who played against him. I know you are the utmost professional, Thurl. You are nothing but professional. But come on, you kind of have to enjoy a little bit of what's going on with the Lakers right now, right? I'm loving it. I'm not that professional. No. There you go. <laughs> I, I'm still a fan, right? But at the same time, I remember those rivalries, and and I know probably who the most villainized team still is in Jazz Nation. But, you know, it, again, you know, it doesn't always work. You know, you try to build a super team, if that's what they're still calling it. But as much as I'm impressed with what LeBron is doing individually, in answer to your question, yeah. What kind of a show is this? Catch Hans Olsen and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. Valentine's Day is fast approaching, faux show. What are you going to do? I got a great solution to you for you because Valentine's Day is coming soon. I want to tell you about Jimmy's Flowers. You know, their staff can create something for you, or you can get one of their ready-to-go arrangements for any budget. Jimmy's Flowers has stores in Bountiful, Layton, and Ogden. Or you can go online, jimmysflowers.com. Make sure you order early. Jimmy's Flowers. jimmysflowers.com. A jazz go down to defeat. Again, what's that, 9 out of 11 now? So they're, uh, how would that add up? 2 and 9 in their last 11 ball games? Correct. That ain't no good. That's Stinkerino. Uh, when you look at it right now, they are still in fourth place. But wow. Memphis? Phoenix Suns running away with the thing at 38-9. And the Warriors are three and a half back. Memphis, six and a half back. Jazz, nine and a half back. So what is that? That's two and a half games that the Grizzlies are ahead of the Jazz, and the Jazz are two games ahead of the Mavs for sixth place. Four, only three games ahead of the Nuggets for sixth place. Are you guys worried about that? Let me know. How you hanging on? Where are you? Are you concerned about the Jazz falling even more in the standings? Or is it just me? And on Tim Lacombe. Timmy, how are you doing this morning? You still sleeping? Jazz analyst on our show. He'll be joining us on our station. He'll be joining us tomorrow. Uh, not to worry. 
doesn't really have concern about it. Am I overreacting? Because I have concern about it. I think there's valid concern there. My biggest thing is I, I tweeted this out last night. I'm waiting to see this team back at full strength finally, just to finally start really getting a real evaluation of what the warts that we've yeah. seen evolve are versus what's the lack of guys being available affecting them. I mean, obviously it's affecting them to a good degree. You can't argue that. But the reason why I have more concern on that for so long in the first part of the season I would tell DJ, you know, I'm concerned about the Jazz. I'm not concerned about anything else. If they play well, they got their guys, they're going to win. So I'm sort of going against my own mantra here by saying, yeah, I understand that. Because obviously they have been reduced. This is not who they intended to have. They're not having any flow. Guys coming in and out of the lineup. Uh, This minor injury to, to Gobert, that stuff happens. Uh, concussion protocol, you've got to be ultra careful with that. What well, we're going on five, six games now for Mitchell. Uh, you know, he was both of those guys were sitting on the bench. They looked okay. So it looks like return is imminent, whether it's next game or the game after. You know, I, I don't know about that, uh, but certainly they're going to be here. Uh, but I'll tell you why I have a little bit of more concern. And get going against, I'm going to contradict myself, which I'm sure you're saying, yeah, what else is new? Uh, but there's, a, there's other reasons why I'm concerned about the Jazz sliding in the standings a little bit that isn't health-related. We'll get to that. Stay with us. 97.5, 1280 The Zone.